Hello and welcome to Music Talks, discussions on music education, a podcast written by future music educators for future music educators. This project is an extension of the Florida Collegiate National Association for Music Education Advocacy Committee. I'm Dave Ramos. Joining me are collegiate members Megan Wright and Sawyer Perry. Each episode, we discuss various topics tackled in music classrooms across the nation and highlight how we as collegiates can approach them in our future music classrooms. Our guest speakers for this episode include Gene Reynolds of the Florida Music Education Association and Lynn Tuttle of the National Association for Music Education. This episode's topic, Advocacy in Music Education. Stay with us on Music Talk. So picture this, June 19th, 2019, Washington, D.C. About 140 students representing 32 states from across the country, Florida, Minnesota, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Hawaii, Utah, California, New York, have all gathered to the nation's capital to advocate for music education. On this day, over a hundred collegiate students marched to Capitol Hill to discuss with leading representatives and senators their interactions with music and to provide their perspectives on why music education matters in our nation's schooling systems. This is Hill Day, part of the 2019 National Association for Music Education Collegiate Advocacy Summit, one of NAFME's largest concerted efforts to advocate for music education. talk more about Hill Day later on this episode, but for now, let's talk a bit more about advocacy. What is advocacy? Why is it so important to advocate for music education? For me, music advocacy is highlighting just the beauty of what music education currently does and what it can do. This is Sawyer, one of our collegiate committee members on the show from Florida State University. We need to be advocating to all people. The obvious ones are people who don't interact with music education in their daily lives, and that's why you're going out and talking to people, informing them why they should be paying attention to music education and why it should matter if they don't have personal experience with it. But for those of us who also um, interact with music education daily, we're gonna be future teachers, Um, we are teachers, we're students, We need to be talking about the innovations of music education. If we're talking about how we make music education better, then we are polishing the product of music education, making it more marketable so that others want to continue to support it. So music advocacy for me is talking about all the great things about education, all the great things that will be happening in the future. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, For me, advocacy is just fighting for what you believe in. This is Megan, our other collegiate committee member, also from Florida State. We're all here because music means a lot to us. It's impacted our life in a great way. And sharing that with people that have the power to make music education more prominent to ensure its future is what advocacy is all about. Just making sure that people know why we're here and why it's so important. 
One of the greatest things about advocacy that not a lot of people realize is that it is simply having a conversation. Talking to literally anyone about what you believe and why it's so important to you. Hey David, it's Lynn. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Doing okay. During the making of this episode, I had the opportunity to have multiple conversations with some very lovely individuals on advocacy, one of whom was Lynn Tuttle. So my name is Lynn Tuttle. The Director of Public Policy, Research, and Professional Development. At the National Association for Music Education. I got to hear some of her opinions on why she thinks music educators make such great advocates. One of the things that I think... um, makes music educators incredibly effective advocates. It all has to do in our training as musicians. Um, as musicians, we are trained to listen. Um, and as you said, advocacy is about conversation. Conversation needs to be two-way, right? So it's not just our sharing our story, uh, but it's also listening. It's listening to um, the questions that are asked. It's listening to the language that's used back to us um, from the staff, from the members of Congress. What are their interests? Um, how do we tie music education to their interests? I don't mean that in a way that we're going to always jump to what they're doing, but often uh, we can listen to what the issues are that they're concerned about. Um, and that's the same whether you're talking to a member of Congress or talking to your principal in your building, in your school building. Um, what are the issues that she's trying to solve? Um, what's the role that music education plays in that solution? Um, how can we help students move forward? Um, but a lot of it has to do with at first listening. Um, what's the language being used? What are the concerns being raised? Where, where are the connections being made? Um, how can we move forward that relationship and build trust over time? And um, it's one of the reasons I think uh, music educators make excellent advocates because we're trained listeners. And that's a key part of what you do as you build that conversation. So back to Hilde. Another reason for this podcast is for us to highlight any big national or state level advocacy efforts and events. So one that just went by was Hill Day, our National Hill Day, which happened on June 19th, and David Ramos was lucky enough to be able to attend. David, did you want to talk to us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, first off, it was fantastic. I was one of uh, 140 collegiates who were fortunate enough to represent their individual states. We represent about 32 states across the country, which is one of the largest gatherings for Hill Day that NAPMI's ever had since its creation. And on that day, what we did is spoke to our uh, representatives and our senators from our districts within our state. In Florida, we met with representatives from Miami-Dade, Orlando, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, and anywhere else in between. So it was just a very nice way to have those conversations one-on-one with people who make the decisions that affect exactly what we do. So Hill Day is connected, as you're pointing out, to two different events, uh, to our Collegiate Advocacy Summit, where we bring together collegiates, so these are pre-service music educators from across the nation, to learn about advocacy and leadership skills uh, all together in D.C., And we partner that with what's called the National Assembly, 
So this is the opportunity and the time when our state leaders, uh, presidents, sometimes presidents elect past presidents from all the state music education associations, along with the state executive director, if the state has one, and sometimes the state editors, they come together to meet as a collective body with the national governing board of the association. And their job is sort of twofold. Um, one, to learn from each other, and so that the states get to share some of their best practices and models and ideas, as well as for the states to then inform the national board about the work that the association should be undertaking. Um, in the midst of all that, squarely kind of in the middle, uh, we play Till Day, and it's an opportunity for our state and national leaders, along with our up-and-coming leaders, the collegiates who are there for Collegiate Advocacy Summit, to go together to Capitol Hill and with one voice speak to the importance of music education in our nation's schools. One of the things that a lot of people don't realize about music is that it is such an important part to a well-rounded education. Well-rounded education. A well-rounded education. This, by law, includes subjects such as English, reading, writing, mathematics, foreign languages, history, science, and yeah, you guessed it, music. And this is something that um, David got to talk a lot about on, at Hill Day um, when he was discussing with legislatures about ESSA, the Every Student Succeeds Act. That, that's a bill that really is a reiteration of a bill that was first passed in the 1960s, I believe, the Elementary Education and Secondary Act, and then turned into No Child Left Behind, which you may have heard about. This, this latest iteration is this Every Student Succeeds Act. By the way, this is Jean Reynolds. My name is Jean Reynolds, and I serve as the Government Relations or Advocacy Chair for the Florida Music Educators Association. I'm also a past president of the Florida Music Educators Association. I asked her to help explain why the Every Student Succeeds Act is so important for music educators. Why does it matter? Particularly what we were talking about is within Every Student Succeeds Act, if there's only one thing you remember, it's that the language that the National Association for Music Education um, advocated for so strongly is the words well-rounded education. And that's like the keys to the kingdom, because within well-rounded education in the legislation, which is probably thousands of pages, music is is mentioned specifically music and the arts. And once you get mentioned like that, it opens the door for funding. And that's really what this is about. So what we were talking about, it's a long way, but within Every Student Succeeds Act, there's, you might have heard of Title I or those kind of title programs you've heard about. So because it says well-rounded in Title I dollars, Title II dollars, and specifically we were talking a lot about Title IV Part A, it says well-rounded education. So you can, school systems can get funding for music programs. Um, and often in title programs, you'd be talking about professional development dollars. So that's really, really incredible for districts to be able to access this. In our case, maybe some districts could get those funds to send their teachers to the FMEA conference in January. So um, that's really, really important. And what we were 
specifically doing, uh, just so that you would know, in the Title IV Part A, it's called the Student Support and Academic Enrichment Grant. It's like a block grant, so it's um, that, that's just a, a big piece of money. And then Florida has gotten quite a bit of those funds. So um, again, you could go to the conference, you could, some, some school districts I know last year were able to gather instruments and things that they needed um, to do because that money must be used in one of the following three ways, to provide all students with access to a well-rounded education, and then there's improved student conditions for student learning, or rather improved school conditions for student learning, and then there's the use of technology. And quite frankly, in any one of those three things, music would fit. So really, really important. And so we were talking to legislators about the appropriations bill each year. Uh, NAFME has asked for a certain amount of dollars, and the number has gone up each year. And as a result, um, last, last week, at least the House had passed a good budget on that. The Senate had not started to talk about it yet. But long, uh, long description, but really, really, really critically important to us. I should also note that NAFME was also lobbying for the Guarantee Access to Arts and Music Education Act, also known as the GAME Act. After listening to some of these discussions, it's kind of easy to see just how greatly these bills matter to music education. For those of you in college currently studying music education, it's pretty obvious to see how, because these bills affect your future profession, they should, in turn, matter to you. When will it matter? It's got to matter. I'll make it matter someday. So, David, up um, by Hill Day, when you got to speak with all these representatives, what specifically would you say to them? So, on the collegiate end, where we shared was what we called our Hill Stories, and this was our uh, why we were involved in music education. Everyone who has ever interacted with music has a story. A story of how music has impacted them in a very positive way. For me, my why was music was an escape from a sort of boxed mindset whether it's in the classroom. And when I was in middle school and high school playing clarinet and saxophone. At home. I grew up in a very musical family. My grandparents were music teachers. Or literally anywhere. You hear a tune on the radio and you will have a reaction to it one way or another. Whether you acknowledge it or not, music is powerful. Music is such a freeing expression of creativity that it allowed me to break away from that uh, stream of thinking. I never really could imagine my life without music, and it's what's given me so much of my confidence. It's what's given me so many of my friends. It's what's made me feel like me. I learned so much about myself, about social skills. I learned about leadership skills through music. That was my outlet. That was my escape. And we had multiple stories uh, across the country that were in one place at one time, which was really very impactful. I want everyone to be able to have that experience of feeling safe, of feeling at home, feeling like they can grow, feeling like they are a person. It's so visceral because everyone responds to music. It's just so deeply human. I guess you could say
some ways that you believe collegiates can advocate at their local and state levels, aside from talking to representatives specifically? Any uh, grassroots efforts or any projects that they could come up with as a chapter? So, there are many things that college students could do or, or a chapter could do. The first thing is to consider participating. The easiest low-hanging fruit is to consider doing the Florida Collegiate Advocacy. Get your feet wet, understanding how that works. The second piece, it would be great if a collegiate chapter would help their members come up with a script or other people to visit in their home district. You know, to go to go back wherever you're from and say, you know, I I went to school at XYZ High School. This is um, this was a passion for me. This is what my future is going to be. This is how this impacted me. Or I tell a story, say some, so that people know this is meaningful. And I'm going to live in this community. And my expectation is that music and arts education is going to be funded fully. So that when they you see them in the grocery store, you see them you know, out of the beach or wherever, they know, you know, you're not an anonymous person. You have to build a relationship with your, your decision makers. Every collegiate advocacy uh, member should be able to really have their 25-word speech that they can always talk about the power of music education. Always willing to um, to, to advocate. It's just, it's just part of the job. So. That would be something that I think every chapter would need to do is make sure their members are really comfortable with that, comfortable with sharing great news on social media all the time. It'd be wonderful to have people that are telling the truth, telling the great stories about what's happened in music education. Sometimes we're at fault of only talking um, to ourselves. So I, I really think to take to take the actual organization of a Hill Day and go ahead and do that at a um, Go ahead and do that at the state, and then who's to say you can't take some of those things at your local school board? Sit down with your local school board members. I mean, just you can make those same appointments. They're all elected officials. I'd like to make an appointment with you. I'd like to talk about um, the power of music education in our schools, and I'd like to share some data about my district. I mean, it's, it's, it's really quite easy, and, and really, it's what everybody should be doing. This is why so many collegiates were at Capitol Hill on June 19th. This is why it is so important to advocate for music education. It's hard to ignore the fact that music matters in our schools. Music impacts so many individuals, and for those of you listening, it's probably impacted you. What if you let others know how? What if you shared your story? Because ultimately, isn't that what advocacy is all about? Hey, thanks for listening to Music Talks, discussions on music education. This is the first episode of a very new endeavor for the Florida Collegiate NAFME Advocacy Committee, and it's been a lot of fun putting it together. You may have noticed not all the audio is super high quality. There are a lot of clicks and pops, like that one right there, that found their way into the final edit of this episode. But I hope that didn't deter you from listening to the whole thing. If you liked what you heard, let us know. And if you didn't, tell us how we can improve. 
We're always looking for constructive feedback, so make sure you send it to dr15w at my.fsu.edu. Also, just a quick shout out, you might have recognized the marches at the beginning of this episode, the Washington Post and Stars and Stripes Forever by John Philip Sousa. Those marches were recorded by the president's own Marine Band, who have undergone a multi-year project to create a comprehensive collection of Sousa's marches. The collection is currently five volumes, and all recordings, along with full score PDFs, are available for free on the Marine Band website, a great educational tool for any program hoping to learn more about the long-standing American march tradition. Special thanks to our guest speakers on the show, Gene Reynolds and Lynn Tuttle. Original music composed by Michael Ramos. Intro music by Marcos Busnega. Until next time, I'm David Ramos. I'm Sawyer Perry. I'm Megan Wright. Thanks for listening to Music Talks. Yeah.